From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyonk area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, Western Pennsylvania is blessed with two great amusement parks, of course, uh, right here in the Mon Valley. There is Kennywood, and its sister park for some 20 or 30 years has been Idlewell out in Westmoreland County. Writer Jennifer Sopko is uh, a freelance writer. She reports for the Latrobe Bulletin as well as the Ligonier Echo, correct? Yes. And has just written a book, her second book, and it is a history of Idlewild Park. It's called Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. And despite the weather outside, spring is here and summer is just around the corner and Idlewild will be opening soon. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jason. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I apologize for my froggy this, this morning. I'm fighting something. <laughs> it's, this it's week. always. So is everyone else. And I should mention that uh, Jennifer is one of our uh, board members at uh, Tube City Community Media. So uh, we uh, put the arm on her a little bit to come down here and, and talk to us about what is actually your second book, correct? Exactly. exactly. What was your first book? Um, it's called Ligonier Valley Vignettes, Tales from the Laurel Highlands. Um, that came out, in, came out in 2013. It was my first book for the History Press. And I, I just love the Ligonier Valley area. I've been reporting on it for many years. And it just seemed like a natural thing to, um, natural subject to do my first book on. And then Idlewild's an extension of that. Well, I was going to ask you about that because you're a graduate of McKeesport High School. Mm-hmm. You grew up in White Oak. You still live in the East Hills area. How, what is this, uh, your fascination or your love of the Ligonier Valley area? Where well, does that come from? It, it all started, um, with at, at St. Vincent College. Um, in my senior year, the Latrobe Bulletin reached out to me. They were looking for somebody, I guess locally, um, to cover the Ligonier area, uh, Ligonier Borough, Ligonier Township, council meetings, supervisors meetings. And somehow they got my name, I guess, through the English department at St. Vincent. And I just started freelancing. Um, Spent a lot of time at the library researching. I uh, did my first uh, local history, linear history piece um, for the Westmoreland County Historical Society, actually on Idlewild Park. So that was my first foray into uh, linear history, Westmoreland County history. So I've just been going up ever since. And that was uh, fall fall into spring 2003 into 2004 so ever well, since 15 then. years then mm-hmm. uh so let's talk a little bit about uh Idlewild park which uh, opens i believe for the season in limited hours on may 19th how far back does its history go you say it's pennsylvania's oldest amusement park yes uh it began in 1878 as a scenic picnic grove for the Lanier valley railroad so it looked uh, rather different than it does now with all the traditional amusement rides and refreshment stands and game booths um but but you know regardless of that it still has the forested um environment very beautiful very scenic with you know the mm-hmm. the laurel highlands the chestnut ridge all the mountains uh the laurel hannah creek through it but um yes back 1878 so 
Uh, this year marks its 140th anniversary. Okay. So in, in the old, we're talking with Jennifer Sopko, by the way. She's a McKeesport High School graduate. She is a White Oak native, and she is the author of her second book now on the history of Idlewild Park. Her first was on the history of the Ligonier Valley area. And we're talking about the new book, and it is available as they always say, wherever finer books are sold, uh, or you can go to ArcadiaPublishing.com? Yes. Okay. Uh, so you, you said it looked very different than it does now. Was it more of a picnic-type grove? Yes. Okay. Yes, a picnic grove. A few buildings. Um, if you go to Idlewild today, uh, the big dancing pavilion, the big picnic pavilion on the hill, was an early building there in 1891, same as uh, the dining hall near guest services. Um but other than that, there was really few amenities. Um, what did uh, people do in the 18, you said 18? 1878. 1878. What did they do in 1878? You just went out to get a fresh air in the country? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Idlewild attracted a lot of uh, Pittsburghers um, just to get an escape from, from the Smoky City. Mm-hmm. Um, lo- lo- local people as well from Latrobe. Um, the railroad was started to connect Ligonier to the Pennsylvania Railroad just to, uh, since it bypassed them, uh, several decades earlier, just to get native products out of the, out of the valley. Uh, coal, coke, lumber, and Mellon family mm-hmm. had, uh, completed. Of Mellon Bank. Yes. Yes, fame. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And thought, hey, let's generate some passenger business on this line. And naturally they, they decided to do a picnic grove just to encourage people to come out and spend a nice day in the country, get fresh air, bring a picnic basket, which you can still do today. Uh, we're talking about Idlewild Park, and we're talking about Jennifer Sinopko's new book, her second book. It's called Idlewild History and Memories of America's Oldest Amusement Park. Is that that's in the stores now? Or, it is. Okay. Technically, it's coming out on Monday, April 2nd, okay. but I've heard reports that it is in several stores, Barnes okay. & Noble. Um, okay. I have some copies as well. Um, it'll also be at Idlewild Park in their gift shops. Oh, good. Okay. Which is really nice. Very good. Uh, local stores are on Ligonier, Latrobe, Greensburg, hopefully uh, here in McKeesport. Um, I'm hoping that it'll spread far and wide. And uh, people can go to ArcadiaPublishing.com if they want a copy. It, we've had Brian Butko on to talk about his Kennywood books, and I believe he's in the midst of writing a trilogy of Kennywood mm-hmm. books right now. Um, I think his first was a pocket guide, and we talked to him about the history of Kennywood, which is now a sister park a vital wild and has been for some time. Kennywood, I think, also had similar origins. It was the not the railroad company, but the trolley company. Correct. That built it to generate traffic on the weekends for people to go take a ride out to what was then the country of West Mifflin, uh, Mifflin Township. Um, was this common? Were there a lot of these kind of parks around Pennsylvania? Um, it appears so. Uh, there were there were a few in uh, Latrobe, Jeanette, o- Oakford Park, and Jeanette. Uh, Olympia Park in McKeesport mm-hmm. was also a trolley park. Um, I believe the one in Latrobe, maybe it was Ridgeview Park. I'd have to double check. Westview, but I guess, West- in, in north of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was a common thing in those days that you you had a trolley line or a railroad, and you needed to get passengers on the weekend. This gave them something mm-hmm. to do. When did Idlewild start to get a little bit more? built up then from just a picnic grove uh that would have been in 1931 okay so it took that long mm-hmm. okay uh the Lingener valley railroad had actually bought the property in 1923 from the darlington heirs um okay. mary darlington owned the property um but interestingly enough uh judge thomas mellon had to approach her husband william darlington okay to get 
um, permission to do that. But I like to point out that it was Mary who actually legally owned the property. Um, but the, like I said, the, the railroad purchased the property in 1923. And then by 1931, they were maybe looking, maybe compared to other parks, seeing that they were adding other amenities, mm-hmm. they felt the need to expand. They brought in a, an, an experienced amusement park manager by the name of C.C. McDonald. Okay. And, um, formed a partnership, formed the Idlewild Management Company. It was a subsidiary um, company of the Laguna Valley Railroad. They mm-hmm. still own own the park and started to build it up, brought in um, additional amusement rides. They replaced the merry-go-round that was, that was there with the current Philadelphia Toboggan Company carousel, brought in the scooters, bumper cars, um, built more refreshment stands, uh, more amenities, and then from there it just... It just grew. I, I, we're going to have to take a break in a, in a minute or two, but I almost feel like we've put the uh, merry-go-round horse before the merry-go-round um, because we haven't really talked about the Darlingtons or what was on that property before. What was on the property before it was a picnic grove or Idlewild Forest? Pretty much. It was It was called the Much More Farm uh, locally. The Much More Farm. Much More Farm. Okay. Yes. Uh, connected to the first... I wouldn't say owner because he never made it all the way to actually purchase the patent for the land. But the first name I found connected to the land was uh, Shadrach Muchmore. Okay. And Shadrach Muchmore. Yes, now, there's a name for you, huh? Very interesting. Very okay. interesting. Um, and I actually reached out to a descendant of the Muchmore family to try and figure out who this guy was and how did he get connected with the Ligonier Valley because it's, it's rather obscure. And uh-huh. I go into detail about that in my book. But between Muchmore and the Darlingtons, there's a very interesting um, land transaction uh-huh. that happens with a couple uh, very well-known names in Western Pennsylvania All right, history. tease us. Before we take the break, tease us. Who are these well well-known names. Um, Arthur St. Clair. Okay. And uh, James O'Hara. Okay. Let's pause right there. Let's find out the uh, the connection of, of these names to Idlewild Park. Let's also find out after the break, if you know, where did the name Idlewild come from? Okay. Okay. Jennifer Sopko is our guest this morning. She is the author of the new book, Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. And we'll be back in 30 seconds here on Radio 81 WEDO. 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Jennifer Sopko. She is the author of the new book, uh, Idlewild. I wanted to say Ligonier Valley, but that was your first book. Mm-hmm. Was Ligonier Valley Days, correct? Uh, Ligonier Valley Vignettes. Ligonier Valley yes. vin- Vignettes was her first book. Her second book, just released, is called Idlewild, History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. It's available uh, at bookstores everywhere in western Pennsylvania. will also be available out at Idlewild, uh, or you can just order it online at ArcadiaPublishing.com. So, when we took the break, you, we were getting into a little bit of the history of the land before it was Idlewild in 1878. Uh, let, let me ask you, let me really put you on the spot here all of a sudden. I'll really make you nervous. And that was Fort Ligonier is just down the road. Were there any battles fought in or around the current Idlewild? Do we know of? Well, um, it's been said for many years that the famous friendly fire incident where George Washington was almost killed okay. in 1758 um, happened at Idlewild Park. But uh, near the cotton candy stand. No, I'm teasing you. Go ahead. <laughs> in the Woodlands area, okay. kind of where, 
I guess where um, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood is right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. Yes, kind of uh, yeah. out in that little more yeah. wooded area. Okay. But um, it, is there any? There's no proof to that. Is what no, it sounds no, like. No, they what you're don't saying. really. They don't really know exactly where it happened, okay. even based on George Washington's writings. Um, but it's. Idlewild's about three miles from Fort Ligonier. Yeah. And George Washington, um, his remarks, which you can find at Fort Ligonier, um, the actual, his actual notes, yeah. um, on a proposed biography mm-hmm. of himself, um, it says about two miles from. Oh, okay. And the Forbes Road, which led to and from Fort Ligonier, was, n- didn't go through Idlewild at all. So it's, it's very, very unlikely that anything like that happened at Idlewild. But, it was used to promote the park sure. even back in the 30s, you know, where Washington almost lost his life. There's a, a neat little park brochure that I found that even, you know, kind of mentioned that. But, yeah, no, nothing that I found in my research indicated any significant battles, you know, related to the French and Indian War happened there. But it was still pretty close to, you know, that, that area. Now, before. you were telling us before the break that the property, uh, the earliest owner that you can find is someone named Shadrach Muchmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called the Muchmore Farm. What did the Muchmore, you were able to track down some of the heirs. What did the heirs say? Did, did they have any information about their, their great-great-grandfather or their great-great-uncle, whoever he was? Well, he was actually born in Connecticut, uh, okay. lived in New Jersey. Then um, he he moved to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and then relocated um about 40, 45 miles uh, south of Pittsburgh in, um, I'm cheating, I'm looking at my book. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> um, in West Virginia. Okay. So it's it's unclear, did he did he serve in the French and Indian War? Um, yeah. That's highly unlikely. Did he pass through the Ligonier Valley when he was relocating yeah. to West Virginia? But somehow he had a survey done of the land. Mm-hmm. His name's actually on it. There's an, a neat little picture in my book of that, of the survey. So it's sort of a mystery how he was connected. Um, but he dates back then to the very early colonial days then of, yes. of, of uh, Pennsylvania, of yeah. Penn's Woods. Um, 1770. Okay, so be- pre- predates mm-hmm. the United States of America then. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking with Jennifer Sopko about her new book, Idlewild, History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park, which is uh, officially being released tomorrow, but uh, is already showing up in some bookstores, and you can get it from ArcadiaPublishing.com. Um, you look like you're going to say something. No, okay. Uh, I was uh, just about to ask you, uh, let's go back even further. And now I'm really going to put you on the spot. Um, and this has nothing to do with Idlewild, but did you find any evidence of Native Americans on that land? I mean, what, what were they doing before the colonials show up? Do we have any record of that? Uh, no, I did not, unfortunately. Yeah. But that would be really interesting. Okay. But there, there, there certainly were uh indian tribes or native american tribes in that area before mm-hmm. the colony okay yes. just wanted to just wanted to toss that yes. in there so let's let's fast forward back to where we started out at uh this half hour which was a little bit about uh Idlewild's history uh the ligonier valley railroad you mentioned mm-hmm. uh it was the darlington family that owned the property and the mellon family of mellon bank owned the railroad correct uh, yes, that's correct. You mentioned two names you said which were prominent in Western Pennsylvania history, and that was St. Clair. Yes, Arthur St. Clair. And, and O'Hara. Yes. So tell us about St. Clair and O'Hara. What do they have to do with this land that became Idlewild Park? Well, uh, Arthur St. Clair actually um, filed an ejectment suit against um, much more. Who was Arthur St. Clair? Uh, he was a revela- revolutionary war general. Okay. Um, originally from Scotland, but he ended up in the Ligonier Valley. He um, also was the civilian caretaker of Fort Ligonier, among other um, 
accomplishments. And, and I, I'm assuming I, he is the namesake of St. Clair Township and Upper St. Clair Township. Am I correct? I'm not, not 100% sure. sure. Okay. Um, okay. I, I believe St. Clairsville, Ohio oh, okay. might be connected oh, to him okay. as well. But, okay. um, but well-known in that uh, in that 18th century, late 18th century mm-hmm. area in this part of the country. Okay, guys. Yes. yes. Uh, Lake St. Clair. Yeah. At Idlewild. Yeah. It's named after him. So he, he filed suit against Shadrach Muchmore. Yes. What for? I'm not really sure. I guess he thought he had a right to the land. He... Um, before he went bankrupt, sadly, he had amassed uh, a, a ton of land in western Pennsylvania in the Ligonier Valley. Mm-hmm. He was always purchasing, selling, losing, purchase. You know, he got a very large land grant from the government as well. Um, so he eventually ended up with it. Um, the court, the local court, county court, uh, ruled in his favor. Awarded the property to mm-hmm. Arthur St. Clair. And, and they, how they, long did he have it then? Um, he had it until about... Um, turn of the century, so 1800? 18, 1809, 1810. Okay. He actually owed money to General James O'Hara. Okay. He had to sell some of his land, including the much more farm, much mm-hmm. more property, and O'Hara bought it up. Okay. And O'Hara, I'm assuming, is O'Hara Township his namesake, too? I believe so. Okay. I believe so, so all these generals and all these uh, mm-hmm. Allegheny County uh, names keep popping up in the history of Idlewild Park, uh, Pennsylvania's mm-hmm. oldest amusement park. That's the topic of Jennifer Sopko's new book. You can get it uh, at bookstores everywhere, or you can go to ArcadiaPublishing.com. We've got a, this time goes so fast. We've got another break coming up here. But uh, before we do that, so it ends up, how did the Darlington family get hold of this property well mary darlington is james o'hara's granddaughter aha dun 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 yes yeah mm-hmm. uh and she is the one eventually she and her family are the ones eventually who then develop it into a picnic grove i, I guess so passively they they allowed the ligonier valley railroad to lease part of it okay and then the railroad put some buildings there okay um and eventually they the heirs after marrying william uh passed away um they sold it. When did the railroad uh, cease to be or, or, or cease existence? Uh, 1952. The last run was August 31st, 1952. Were there still passengers being carried to Idlewild Park there, or had the automobile replaced it? Uh, still somewhat. There was tra- still train service to Idlewild, but it was declining. Um, yeah. Even back in, in the 1920s, there's reports of record numbers of cars coming coming to the park. So let's pause. That is a good place for us to pause. Let's pause and, and find out about the modern history of Idlewild once uh, Route 30, the Lincoln Highway, came through, once the turnpike uh, at once. Everybody starts driving from Pittsburgh out to Ligonier to go to Idlewild. Uh, Jennifer Sopko is our guest for a few more minutes. She is the author of the new book, Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. And you can get it from Arcadia Publishing or from your local bookstore or soon, uh, beginning uh, May 19th, I presume, once Idlewild Park is open uh, from their gift shop. And you are tuned to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back to wrap things up. Tube City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. 
and thanks for supporting independent media in the Monoc area. Welcome back. Our guest for a few more minutes is Jennifer Sopko. She is the author of two books. Her newest is just released. It's called Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. And uh, you can find that at your local bookstore or ask for it pretty soon at uh, Idlewild Park out in Ligonier. So the park, uh, as we've been discussing, was originally a farm and then it became this picnic grove for the Ligonier Valley Railroad as a way to boost uh, their their passenger traffic on the weekends, I guess. And then the railroad kind of starts to peter out as private cars come in in the 1920s. And you said by the 1920s, they're reporting record. Does that really change the character of the park? The merry-go-round, and they started to bring some fancier rides in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming to just keep generating more group picnic business, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, other, other parks in the area. Um, yeah, there were... Since 1891, maybe a little earlier, um, there was always a merry-go-round there, but added the scooters, the bumper cars, um, started adding kiddie rides. Um, 1941 was actually the first kiddie land. Mm -hmm. People really associate the kiddie land with the area where the Wild Mouse is near the creek, but there was even an earlier kiddie land. Uh, uh, 1938, we have uh, the first roller coaster coming in, um, which... The railroad had fought for years. You know, they were not interested in having anything like that, which I found was very interesting. But when they brought um, the McDonald family in to help manage the park and uh, they wanted to keep expanding, every year they they were always doing something new, whether it was adding a ride or just sprucing up the park, adding hedges, mm-hmm. um, adding gravel walkways. There was always something new, always uh, money reinvested in the park. So, um each year there was just something something new to entice visitors. How did they survive World War II? Because a lot of these kind of small amusement parks, you mentioned Olympia Park and McKeesport, mm-hmm. closed with World mm-hmm. War II. They couldn't get supplies. They didn't have employees. There was no construction material available for these additions we were talking about. How did Idlewild manage to survive the Depression first mm-hmm. and then World War II? Right. It, it's amazing that it did, did survive the Depression. Um, I would have to assume that the Mellon family... Mm-hmm, being sure. involved, uh, still with the Ligonier Valley Railroad, um, that helped. You know that that investment, that money, uh, the group picnics, where where the park's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. You know, still attracting people there. Um, and I, th- I believe I have a quote in my book by C.C. McDonald about um, you know only three percent. It was 1932, 33, 34, one of those years. Yeah, only three percent of amusement parks were making profit. Right. That year, and you know, Idlewild just happened to be one of those fortunate parks. Um, so it just it happened to survive and then make it to the war years. Yeah, um, it did close for uh, two full seasons. I didn't know that. Okay, um, and then reopened on a limited basis, uh, 1945. So it was closed 43, 44. Reopened uh, limited on in forty five and then full time in nineteen forty six. When did it start attracting a big business from Pittsburgh? Because I can remember it, like I said uh, earlier, I remember traffic jams on Route mm-hmm. thirty heading out to to Idlewild. Uh, I'm assuming that was after World War Two. The, the well, private even, cars, even you, even before that, okay. there were there were um, Heinz, Westinghouse, Alcoa, um, H C Frick. 
company. Okay. There, there were a lot of company picnics coming to Idlewild, even on the trains. Okay. For many years, you know, even in uh, the 19th century. That must have been a long journey back in those days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the, it never became a thrill ride park. It never became like Kennywood became famous for its roller coasters. So did Cedar Point up in Ohio. But Idlewild has always been a quieter park. Mm-hmm. What, why is that? That was a del- deliberate decision. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Um, you know, the Ligonier Valley, Laurel Highlands, beautiful scenery, the forest, um, having the Laurel Hannah Creek run through the park, which with, uh, they, they had a recent flooding incident earlier this year, which, um, they're, they've been cleaning up from. Mm-hmm. So that it's, there are benefits and disadvantages to having a river <laughs> run through your park, but, um, that's always been the appeal. Just the scenery and that it was so different from urban parks and um, Kennywood mm-hmm. and um, the current owner, um, yeah. Festival Fun Parks Palace slash Palace Entertainment. They've still maintained that aesthetic because they felt it's this is what separates Idlewild from the rest of the amusement park industry. We have only a few minutes left, and, and unfortunately, we're, we, we still have a lot more to talk about. I think I brought this up as we were taking the break. Where does the name Idlewild come from who named it do we know i'm not sure that's still a question um i have to speculate that it was the mellon family Mm -hmm. uh, because any records from uh william darlington Mm -hmm. um any of his uh daily diary entries he always referred to it as much more okay okay um but uh it seems to me it it's a much it's prettier a, name than yes, much more. a marketing endeavor. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, but yeah. I, I found a lot of instances of Idlewild being used elsewhere, yes. so it could have been, you know, seen in the paper, seen in advertisement. Yeah. Um, and they just were inspired by that. But it is a very beautiful name. So yes, much, much, no offense to the much more family, but it's a yes. much nicer name than <laughs> much more, much more park. Uh, in, in the few minutes we have left, what was the process of writing the book obviously you have a deep interest in that Ligonier Valley you have for 15 years you've done a lot of history work and research in that area um in terms of researching this book did you work with the owners of Idlewild Park to use their archives uh yes okay. uh the local management was fantastic Jeff Croucher um who's their PR spokesman um Brandon Leonati their general manager everybody there was awesome uh, really gave me full reign of uh, the archives. Um, I did have to get permission from Palace Entertainment to um, access the archives. Mm-hmm. So that took a little while. Sure. But, um, yeah, the park's been awesome. I spent the last few summers just pouring over yeah. their blueprints and newspaper articles and records. Um, the local historical societies, Leaner Valley Historical Society, Latrobe Area Historical Society, Ligonier Valley Library's Pennsylvania Room, all these local sources have been so wonderful and generous with the photos and records they've allowed me to use. Um, I even went to the State Archives in Harrisburg. Also took a trip out to Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters, to see, which was yeah. awesome. Yes. And, and it sounds like you, you, you mentioned earlier that you tried to trace the history of the property. So it sounds like mm-hmm. you spent some time at the county courthouse out there, too. Yes, yes and online because they have a fabulous uh, okay. repository of records online, but I did have to go to the courthouse to try and find some records I couldn't get. Any idea how many hours you have into this? Who? Couple of years though. Yes. Okay. Um full full time researching since about July two thousand fifteen up until up until we were doing the copy edit and the and the uh uh the page proofs. 
Okay. So earlier this year. And it is a very substantial book, and um, it is a lot of good pictures and a lot of good reading material for folks who maybe have grown up going out, as you said, with one of those company picnics or school picnics at uh, Idlewild uh, in the last uh, 60 seconds. Um, what's your favorite? You've, you've spent so much time the last few summers at Idlewild. What's your favorite part of Idlewild? Oh, wow. That's a very, very difficult question. Um I mean, ride-wise, I'm very fascinated by roller coaster mm-hmm. and um, uh, the carousel, mm-hmm. and that led me to going all the way to Philadelphia to Toboggan Company. I'm mm-hmm. very fascinated by those two rides. Um, favorite part of Idlewild, just the scenery. Yeah, that's that's drawn everybody there for years since you know for 140 years. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful park, and it's it's a local treasure. It's an it's a state treasure. It's a national treasure. Um, it's award-winning. It's an award-winning children's park, one of only two surviving railroad parks in the country, and uh, state's oldest amusement park. The country's yeah. third oldest amusement park. It's just we're very lucky to have it. Well, and we're lucky to have your book. Jennifer Sopko has been our guest. She is the author of the new book, Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. You can get it at local bookstores. You can find it at ArcadiaPublishing.com or. Starting uh, May 19th, once Idlewild is open, I believe you'll be able to buy it at the gift shop. So, Jennifer, thank you for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Hey, thank you, Jason. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.